When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On today's Winning Cures Everything, we're talking about the MAC. 2023 previews for all 12 MAC teams, along with who I think is going to win the league, who I think will be in the title game. We're going over-unders, all kind of different things for these teams. So let's do it. Can you believe it? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. Are you kidding me? You're listening to Winning Cures Everything. Game day, baby. Wake up or get out. Here's your host, a confident young man, a superb athlete, Gary Seegers. Welcome in Winning Cures Everything, powered by BetUS, where, of course, we talk college football all year round. This is the MAC 2023 preview. Uh, we're going to go through all 12 teams. I'm going to give you what my record prediction is. Uh, you'll get to see my notes on these teams, etc. Uh, so let's go ahead and fire into this thing. We don't want to spend too, too long, but we're going to do the entire Mac today. So let's go ahead. We start with the Akron Zips, and we'll pull it up on the screen here. Coached by Joe Moorhead, they went 2-10 and 10 last season. Their postgame win expectancy for last year was 2.55 and 9.45. So about two and a half wins. They ended up with two wins. Uh, this team kind of overperformed what was expected of them. And if you've watched this show at all for any length of time, you know that we, we, I uh, have a high level of respect for Joe Moorhead and his schemes. Uh, I think that he is one of the best coaches in this league, even though he is at a not great perennial football school, right? So Akron, they've got 30, excuse me, they were number 30 in returning production. Uh, that is 69.76% adjusted returning production. So they uh, they look to be experienced this year after, you know, a pretty good season. We'll start with the offense here. They lose wide receiver uh, Shockey Jacques Lewis. Uh, hopefully I'm saying that right. And, of course, they lose their right guard here, uh, Anthony Wigan. Uh, what to know about the offense? Offense averaged over 5.3 yards per play in six of the last eight games. Uh, that Moorhead scheme with those quarterbacks really started to kick in, uh, you know, midway through the season, the quarterback, DJ Irons, and they they seemed to look really good with the quarterback, Jeff Undercuffler, as well. Uh, DJ Irons was their leading rusher last year, um, or I guess he's the leading returning rusher for them. Uh, they were number 30. Um you know, again, in returning production, they, they've got a lot of experience coming back on offense. I think that that's going to suit them well uh, going into this season. You look at what they did last year. I mean, 
PPA margin was number 119 overall for the season, but they were number 50 in rushing success, number 31 in passing success. They just weren't very good on a per-drive basis. Number 102 in offensive PPA per drive. Uh, moving over to the defense, they got to replace eight of their top 16 uh, front six players with, you know, 100-plus snaps. Um, you got you to gotta keep up a good run defense. They were number 49 in rushing success rate allowed on defense last year. They're bringing in transfers to Ray Jones and Ahmad Rabba. Uh, those guys should fill in pretty well. Uh, Jones, of course, from Tennessee State. Uh, Rabba from, I believe it's American International. Uh, the defense did improve over the season last year. They were 6.3 yards per play early in the year, and they were 4.3 yards per play allowed on the back end of the schedule. The secondary uh, returns, you know, almost everybody. Their defensive pass success rate was awful last year, but with experience, hopefully that should improve this year. They were number 120 in passing success rate allowed. Uh, number 93 in explosiveness allowed on defense. That's definitely not good, uh, especially considering their offense was not super explosive anyway. Uh, but, you know, they, they've got eight of their top 10 tacklers returning. They The big issue is they're losing 60% of their quarterback pressures from last year. Uh, the big players, of course, DJ Irons and Jeff Undercuffler, uh, I would imagine Irons starts, but obviously we'll see. They're bringing in Lorenzo Lingard, uh, transfer running back from Florida. Wide receiver Alex Adams, of course, is their leading returning receiver. Uh, he was at LSU last year. Linebacker Bubba Arslanian, he's their leading tackler. He's back this year. Uh, look for him to be you know, pretty big. They also bring in a new offensive lineman, Ben Frank, uh, transfer player. Uh, they are projected favorites in two games this year. Uh, if you look at their their luck rate, they were number 108 in luck rate. And that stat, we'll talk about it quite a bit, but that stat includes injury luck, turnover luck, etc. cetera. Uh, their turnover margin was number 128. They cleaned that up this year. You know, this, this team has a chance to do some big things. Uh, Moorhead did improve the team again. They were only 2-10, and 10, but the school believes in the direction, so they gave him an extension. Like, they, they don't want him going anywhere. Uh, they lost five games last year by one possession. They went six and three against the spread in their last nine games. And then, to top it off, they signed their best recruiting class in a decade. Like, this team is, you know, headed in the right direction. The schedule it may kind of limit the opportunity for success, but there's enough winnable games here to, to potentially surprise and, uh, and maybe make a bowl game. Looking at, looking at their projected record uh, that's up there, uh, towards the top in the middle, uh, 4.29 and 7.71, uh, according to win probabilities and whatnot right now. You know, I've got them at four and eight. Uh, could I see them going six and six? Maybe. Uh, I've definitely got them over the three and a half. Uh, they still need a lot of talent. So I've got them at four and eight. Their ceiling, I think, is six and six. The floor is still sitting there at one and 11. Uh, so, you know, we, we got some things to work on here, but. I do like where Akron is headed, uh, so I'll, I'll be looking forward to watching them this season. The Bowling Green Falcons. All right. You guys know I don't necessarily believe in Scott Leffler, but they did make a bowl game last year, so that is a step in the right direction. We're going to pull it up on the screen here so you can see my notes. Scott Leffler led them to a 6-7 and seven record last year. They lost the bowl game to New Mexico State, went 4-8-1 and one against the spread. 
uh, five and three in the conference. Their projected win expectancy was five wins and about seven losses, 5.03, 6.97. Uh, you can see it up at the top of the screen there. Their projected record for this season, 4.265 and 7.735. So here is the thing. Last year, they had a ton of returning production. I think they were top five in the country last year in returning production. Uh, it might be a little off on that, but they were they were way up there. They brought back a ton of guys last year, super experienced. This year, they're losing the quarterback, Matt McDonald. They're losing the three wide receivers, Broden, Sims, and Lewis. They're losing their safety, Chris Bacon, the linebacker, DJ Taylor, the defensive lineman, Carl. They, they got a lot of guys that they are missing this season. Uh, you look at their explosiveness last year, number 38. You look at their PPA per drive, number 99. So they weren't exactly consistent, but they were able to hit some big plays last year uh, and that'll that'll start us off with the offense here uh, they were explosive but no consistency as I just said they're losing their left guard and their center from the offensive line which wasn't great anyway they're going to need to improve their run and pass blocking uh, they bring in quarterback Connor Basilak from Indiana he was at Missouri went to Indiana now he's at Bowling Green uh, last year at Indiana he only averaged 5.4 yards per pass attempt uh, and that's after going 6.8 and 7.3 yards per pass attempt at Missouri. Uh, this is a big thing that Bowling Green's going to have to do is show a little consistency throwing down the field. Uh, and we got to figure out whether or not Basilak can do that, right? Now, we'll move over to uh, the defense here. The defense was good at pressuring the quarterback, but they're losing 53% of their quarterback pressures. Uh they're losing a lot of key players. As I've mentioned, four of their top six tacklers and four of the top six in tackles for loss. The linebacker core is a strength, even though they lose DJ Taylor. Uh, but they're going to need the defensive line to step up because they got to keep that defensive uh, rushing success allowed, uh, you know, as good as they can, right? That's a thing that helped them win a lot last season. Uh, they were number 43 in rushing success allowed last year. They were number 55 in PPA per drive allowed on defense last year. That was a big reason why they were able to win games. They they won some close games, right? Uh, the key players, you know, brought up Basilak, the quarterback that tra uh, transferred in. They've got middle linebacker Darren Anders back, the wide receiver, Hilary. I hope I'm saying that right. The out, uh, outside linebacker, Demetrius Harden, safety Trent Sims, their luck rank last year. Again, brought this up with Akron, bringing it up here. Injury luck, turnover luck, et cetera. Uh, they were number eight in the country last year in luck, like balls just bouncing their way, right? Uh, they're projected favorites in only two games this year. They got four toss-ups. Look, we'll look at the keys to the season. Six wins last year is all they had, and they were by an average of six points. Five of them were by one possession. They had six regular season losses that were by an average of 25 points. Five of their losses were by 24 points or more. The schedule is not nearly as favorable as last year's was. Like they they found out how to win close games last year. They were five and one in one possession games. Can they keep doing that? You know, regression to the mean would suggest that they are probably going to decline. Right? They're they're going to go down in that uh, certain metric. They've got three straight road games before they play Akron. Uh, you know, they play Akron a week before their bye game. I don't know that that necessarily sets up well for them. The, the most important stretch for them is week seven through week 11. Uh, you know, after the bye week, I think they can maybe get a couple of wins here. Their win total is set at five. Um, you know, to go over is plus 120. To go under is minus 150. 
so it is juiced heavily to the under. I tend to agree with the under. Uh, I got this at five and a half. I still like the under at five. I think this team is going to go three and nine this year. You can see on the screen, I've got wins over Eastern Illinois, Ball State, and at Kent State. But other than that, yeah, this is a tough schedule. This is a really tough schedule, especially for a MAC team. Uh, I've got them three and nine. I think their ceiling is probably six and six again. Their floor, I think, is two and ten. I think they get at least one win in the MAC, and I think they will beat Eastern Illinois. I I wonder if they're going to pull the plug on Leffler if he doesn't make a bowl game this year. Like you should be at a point, even if you're turning over a lot of guys, that you should be able to somewhat consistently compete to be in a bowl game. You compete in the MAC. Uh, and I don't know that this team with this roster is capable of doing that. And so, uh, you know, Bowling Green, I got it about three and nine. The Buffalo Bulls. Maurice Linguist runs into his third season at the helm in Buffalo, but only the second one with an actual spring practice. So uh, maybe we'll start to see a little more improvement. Uh, last year, just no consistency. It was it was like it was two different teams, uh, maybe three if you count the bowl game, right? This was. Bananas. They got a new offensive coordinator. DJ Mangus uh, used to be at LSU with Joe Brady. He was the passing game coordinator or or at least an analyst at LSU. But either way, uh, they lose the linebacker, James Patterson. They lose their top three wide receivers. They lose their offensive tackle, Desmond Besant. Uh, But overall, number 66 in returning production, number 48 on offense, number 86 on defense. Their postgame win expectancy last year, 6.03 and 5.97 in the regular season. Uh, they went seven and six last year. They got a bowl win. So that's a, that's a good thing. You look at, you know, you look at the overall stats from last year. Uh, okay. Like there's some green on there. Number 23 in passing success rate, number 29 in defensive rushing success rate. Uh, you know, there's, there's some things to look at here that, that certainly makes sense. Let's talk about the offense really quickly. Cole Snyder's back, the quarterback. Again, he did lose the top three wide receivers, so they brought in three wide receiver transfers and four JUCOs. Now, they're going to try and find somebody in there, right? Three transfers and four JUCOs. Like, yeah, you're, you're going to try and find somebody uh, that's got a little bit of experience. So, uh, on with that. Uh, last five games of, of last season, they averaged less than five yards per play. That's definitely not good. Uh, the top three running backs are all back. Like, that's something to pay attention to. The offensive line only loses the right tackle. Um, but they got to they gotta run block a little bit better, right? They were number 63 in rushing success rate. Uh, you know, the three running backs averaged 4.39 yards per carry. That was, you know, again, only number 90, or excuse me, number 63 in rushing success rate. So that's, that's not promising. Not promising. Uh, on defense, we'll move over there. First year as a defensive coordinator, he was a defensive analyst at Duke and under uh, Mike Elko, uh, Robert Wright. We'll see what he brings to the table. Defense was, you know, good in spots. Um, they were number 34 in defensive su- uh, success allowed um, overall per SP+. They were good against the run. They couldn't stop the pass. You know, you see up on the screen here, number 89 in passing success rate allowed. So that's not good. They were number 111 in yards per play allowed overall on the season. and you know, it, we we talked about the numbers pretty good. Number 66 in returning production, that's 62.12%. But on defense, they're number 86. They only bring back 56% of their production. The defensive line should be good. 
excuse me, number 86 in adjusted returning production. So that includes any transfers, et cetera. Uh, but the defensive line should be good. They're losing seven of their top 12 tacklers. That might end up hurting them. Uh, they do have some, you know, some star players that are coming back, right? You got the defensive tackle, Jalen Bass, linebacker, Sean Dolak, uh, running back, Mike Washington. You know, I brought up the quarterback, Snyder. Uh, safety, Marcus uh, Fukua. <laughs> I hope I'm saying that right. Defensive end, C.J. Bazil. Um, you know, last year, luck ranking number 57, so middle of the pack. So it, it, it ball bounced their way as much as it probably should. Uh, my question on this, keys to the season here, is what what's the real version? Is it the, the five-game winning streak that we saw? Or was it the November disaster where, you know, they lost three straight and almost lost to Akron, you know, won that game by one point at home, uh, and that's what allowed them to get to a bowl game? This was two completely different teams in one season. Uh, Linguist is, again, in his third season. He's done well recruiting, which is, you know, why they've got a super high win total here at, at six and a half. The last four games on this schedule are really difficult. You got at Toledo, Ohio, at Miami, and Eastern Michigan. Those four are going to determine whether or not this team competes to be in the MAC title game. Like they, They've got the talent to be able to get there, uh, but I I just worry. I, I'm not a huge fan of what Linguist has done thus far. I mean, obviously, we will see, but, you know, I've got them at five and seven. You look on the right side of the screen. Again, the win total is six and a half. To go over is minus 120. To go under is minus 110. So it is juiced to the over. And with the talent, yeah, it probably should be. They're plus 650 to win the odds, six and a half to one. But I've I've still got them going five and seven. Now their ceiling is probably nine and three. The floor I think is probably four and eight. But I don't know how much I trust this coaching staff, and that's that's my biggest issue here. I just, you know, they they were number seventeen in turnover margin last year. They they need to get the quarterback wide receiver chemistry working early, uh, or they're probably going to have to rely on turnovers again just to go bowling. I I wonder about this team. I, I like Linguist. Uh, obviously, he's doing well on the recruiting trail, but I, I think they got some things to work on here. I've got them sitting at five and seven. Uh, let me know in the comments what you guys think about Buffalo. I'm, I'm not sold on the Bulls. Kent State, the Golden Flashes. Okay, so we all know Sean Lewis left to go to Colorado as Dion's offensive coordinator, right? The issue is that Basically, everybody left with him. We're going to pull up the notes on the screen here. I don't know what to even say about this. Kenny Burns comes in. Um, okay, like he was at Minnesota. Uh, I, where do you even begin? This is the most year zero situation that I have ever seen. Post-game win expectancy last year was 4.53 and 7.47. They went 5-7 and on the year, so they still didn't go bowling. Um, But here's the issue. Adjusted returning production, even with transfers coming in, et cetera, they're number 130. They're bringing back uh, right under 38% production. So they've got very little experience. Uh, Number 131 on offense, number 104 on defense. So at least they got some guys on defense. Uh, You look at the losses here, the head coach, Sean Lewis, and 20 of 22 starters. Now, I know that we talked about Colorado completely you know, changing over their entire 
program, right? I think they had like 70 kids transfer out that were on scholarship last year. Uh, this is similar. Who knows what to expect in this situation? You got no returning starters on offense. The quarterback battle is four deep with no real front runner. Um, they lost 85% of their receiving targets from last year. That's not good. I, You can't even look at, at last year's statistics. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily matter. There's there's nothing. I, I don't know. Uh, I got no idea what this offense is going to run. Like, there's nobody left to, to help run Lewis's scheme. They've got no experience. I'm going to guess because Burns was at Minnesota, and he's probably going to lean on the run with the offensive line. I think they got a, a decent offensive line class in there. Uh, and that's probably what he wants to do after watching what they do at uh, at Minnesota, right? PJ Flex Bunch, they, they lean on the trenches. So that's my guess. Um, you know, David Duggan, the uh, the new defensive coordinator, they've only got two returning starters back on defense. The defensive backs, Miller, Blue, and Baca, kind of showed well in the spring game, if you go back and read uh, uh, at the Akron newspaper. Uh, but was that them being good, or was that just a really bad offense with no clear front runner for quarterback? Coach Burns has brought in, you know, several P5 transfers to load up on defense. Again, what does it mean? Uh, these transfers over the years, we, we've we not been able to figure out whether or not, you know, you're getting good players, you know, former four stars, three stars, whatever. Uh, were they just, you know, were they not good? And that's why they didn't play wherever they were? Or is it, you know, they they just aren't good at all? Like, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, the key players here, <laughs> I mean, this, this is a crapshoot, right? Uh, C.J. West, defensive lineman. And uh, transfer running back Kai Thomas, though that's who I expect, or I, I expect will be kind of leaders of the team. But we'll see. Uh, the keys to the season here. Uh, now going to get, I'll get this, I'll get me out of the way. How's that? If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Burns was the associate head coach under PJ Fleck. Uh, Fleck knew how to build a program. You know, maybe Burns knows what to do here. Eventually. But as I mentioned, this is year zero. I don't anticipate big things. Like everything this team does is going to be a surprise. Like, I, again, I expect them to kind of mimic Minnesota, but it's going to take a while to get there. Their win total is set at two and a half. They are plus 10,000 to win the MAC. I don't expect that this year. Uh, but I've got them going one and 11. I think the only win on the schedule is Central Connecticut State. Their home games, like games that are reasonably winnable, are at home against Miami of Ohio, Buffalo, Bowling Green, and Northern Illinois. That's that's their home games in conference. I I don't think they got the personnel to be able to do anything at home. And then you go on the road and you got at Fresno State, at Arkansas, at UCF, so you're not getting one in the non-conference. You got at Ohio, you got at Eastern Michigan, you got at Akron, and you got at Ball State. These are all teams that are somewhat on the rise uh, or at least have built really good cultures. I, I've got them going under. I've got them at 111. I think the ceiling for this team is three and nine. You might be able to get a couple of those wins. Maybe, maybe Akron just isn't there yet. Maybe Northern Illinois has fallen off completely uh, by the end of the season. If they don't have a good year, do they fire Thomas Hammock early? Uh, probably not, but you know, I'm just, we're tossing stuff out here. Um, I've got them going under. I've got them one and 11. 
Uh, ceiling is probably three and nine. Floor is zero and twelve. It's going to be a rough year. Year zero for Kenny Burns and of course the uh, the Kent State Golden Flashes. I eh, it's not a good situation. The Miami Ohio Redhawks. Chuck Martin just keeps this thing rolling year in year out. Incredibly consistent, uh, but part of the issue might be that. Uh, maybe they need to take a few more risks, you know? Like, I know they're consistent. I know their defense is good. Yeah, you look at the numbers on the screen from last season, number 21 in rushing success rate allowed, number 48 in PPA per drive allowed. Uh, They don't allow a bunch of explosive plays and all that, but who that offense. That offense is rough. Uh, They were explosive, number 46. Now, part of this had to do with the, the quarterback going out last year. Let's... Let's dive into all of it. They were 6-7 and seven last year. They made a bowl game. They lost in the Bahamas Bowl to UAB. Uh, they are number 24 in the country in returning production, bringing back 71.3%. Uh, that's number three in the conference here. Post-game win expectancy last year. Yeah, I know they, they went 6-6 six and six in the regular season. Post-game win expectancy, they were 4.71 and 7.29. So, you know, as we're staying in the MAC East here, 4-4, uh, and four, conference record last year uh win probabilities uh, has got them at seven and five this year so schedule it sets up pretty nicely sets up pretty nicely they were number 11 in turnover margin last year uh that's definitely good i don't know if they'll be able to keep that up this year let's uh let's look at you know who they lose linebacker ryan mcwood the center rusty feth uh the right guard john breckel and of course the wide receiver mac hippenhammer they lost quarterback Brett Gabbard to injury after the first game. He came back in week eight. He played three games. Then he was out for the rest of the year. But they were one and three with Gabbard and five and three with the quarterback, Avian Smith. I, I don't know what to make of that. The offense was number 117 in yards per play last year. Uh, that's after being number, um, let's see, that's being number, uh, da, 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 I've lost my place. I do this all the time. Uh they were number 33 in 2021. And if you go back further, it's they were number 117 in uh, 2019. And then they like moved their way up to like number 45. And then they were number 33. And now they're back all the way back down at the bottom in yards per play. So that's definitely not good. The offensive line seemed pretty strong. They couldn't get a push last year, which is not common for Chuck Martin's bunch. Uh, but either way, they averaged only 16 points per game and seven losses last year. They were five and one. However, when they ran for 120 yards, that's the issue. They were 127 in the country in rushing success rate last year on offense. You got to get better at that. Like they're number 108 in passing success rate, number 127 in rushing success rate. Uh, That led to number 116 in offensive PPA per drive. You just got to get more consistent on that side of the ball. When you look at the defense, the defense, uh, 11 returning defenders saw 300-plus snaps in 2022. They're number 15 in the country in returning, or excuse me, adjusted returning production. Uh, that's almost 75%. So that's definitely a good thing. Uh, maybe the offensive, you know, changeover uh, as far as the players, you know, some leaving the program, some coming in. Uh, maybe that's it. We'll see. But uh, but either way, uh, they lost two of their top three cornerbacks. They've got experienced safeties in uh, Warren and Caldwell. It should uh, it should help lead the secondary a little bit. 
this may be Martin's best defense. Like, even with losing their leading tackler, Ryan McWood, it might be the best one that they've had under Chuck Martin, and that's that's saying something. Uh, key players here, the quarterbacks, Brett Gabbard and Avian Smith, uh, linebacker Matthew Salopek, um, or Salopek, however you say it, however you say it, defensive end Brian Ugwu, and the defensive back Jacquez Warren, and uh, wide receiver Miles Marshall and Kevin Davis. Those are the key players for the year. Uh, luck rank last year was number 65. That's even with the turnover margin of number 11 in the country. So, you know, your your quarterback injury, uh, it, it balances out with the luck that you had in turnovers. So if you lose a little bit in turnovers, maybe that means you can keep Gabbard healthy this year. Uh, obviously, we'll see. We will see. Uh, keys to the season. All right, we'll move this off of here. Uh, you got to figure out how to win more close games. If you're going to be risk averse, you got to be better in that spot. They were 15 and 20 in one score games in the last seven years. They were four and four last year with the bowl, right? So you're still just hitting right down the middle. Uh, if you're going to play a bunch of close games, you got to be better at winning them. They're projected favorites in eight games. They got five toss up games on the schedule that I can tell. And toss ups are games that are within one possession, um, are projected to be within one possession. Maybe maybe they need to look at going for it more on fourth down. They only went for it 1.6 times per game last year. That was number 93 in FBS. Uh, get a get a couple of fourth and one, fourth and twos. Now, of course, it's, it's weird to say that this year was such a good defense, but maybe rely on your defense a little more. If you're at midfield and you got a fourth and one, two, or three, take a shot. Go for the score. You need to score more points. Uh, my question, I guess, is does the offense look better if Gabbard's healthy? Like, it, here's here's what I was talking about. They were number 117 in yards per play to number one, or excuse me, to number 45 to number 33 in the three years prior, and then they bounced all the way back to 117 last year. You look at the schedule. I've got them going eight and four. Like, I like them a lot. I think they're going to win the East. So I, I've only got losses to uh, Ohio and Ball State, both of those on the road. I think that they will beat Toledo at home. I think they will beat, uh, you know, at Kent State, Bowling Green, at Western Michigan, and then they'll beat Toledo. Uh, the toughest stretch, or not toughest, but the most important stretch for them is probably week six through nine. That's Bowling Green, Western Michigan, Toledo, at Ohio. Uh, if you want to, if you want to compete for the conference title, probably need to win three of those, right? So even if you get caught by Bowling Green or you get caught in something crazy at Western Michigan, um, you know. Like, I, I think, which, by the way, these dates are, yeah. Oh, wait, no, it is November when uh, when they started up. So, these are Saturday games. That's probably where you need to do most of your dirty work. Uh, I expect a loss at Miami to start off with. Um, I think they can beat UMass. I expect a loss at Cincinnati. And then I expect them to win five straight. I think they can beat Toledo. Uh, but, yeah, beat Akron, beat Buffalo, lose at Ball State. It's going to put you at eight and four. That's well above the six and a half that they've got. Uh, so I'm going over at minus 120. It's juiced a little bit to the over. Um, you know, plus 900 to win the conference. Yeah, the Mac is always such a crapshoot. I mean, you never really know. So if Gabbard's healthy and he's back in, you know, position here, I, I think, I think this seems going to be good. The ceiling, I think, is probably nine and three. I think they're going to have a loss in the Mac somewhere. Eh, this offense, I mean, needs to improve. Certainly the floor is five and seven, not even making a bowl game, uh, but I've got them at eight and four. I, I like what Chuck Martin's doing. I 
Yeah, give me the Red Hawks. I, I love this team. I, I expect big things, especially from that defense this year. The Ohio Bobcats, of course, bounced back last year under head coach Tim Albin. 10-4 and four record last year. I'm going to go and pull it up on the screen. Uh, we kind of jacked that up. Here, that's better. That's better. Uh, their postgame win expectancy last year, even though they won uh, nine games in the regular season, uh, they... They were 6.86 and 6.14. So definitely not good. Uh, however, they found a way to win nine games, and and here they sit. So uh, let's talk about what they've got coming back. Let's talk about what they did last year. 7-1 and one in the MAC last season before they lost in the conference championship game to Toledo. Of course, that was without their quarterback, Curtis Rourke, who you know had an ACL injury towards the end of November. C.J. Harris was okay. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. They lose defensive end Jack McGrory, right guard Hagen Maservi. They lose uh, out of their defensive backs, uh, cornerback Zach Sanders and safety Tariq Davis, or excuse me, Tariq Drake. Um, you know, I I look at this team. Their returning production is number 22 in the country. So adjusted returning production, 71.87%. That's number two in the conference. Really, really good. The majority of that, however, is coming back on the offensive side. So, uh, you know, number five in the country in returning production on offense, number 83 on defense. Defense wasn't great last season anyway. So, eh, you know, we'll see. Um, let's, let's start on offense. Let's talk about what they did on offense last year. Rushing success rate. Not good. Number 93 last year. But passing success rate with Curtis Rourke, of course, uh, you know, behind center, they were number 20. So that put them at number 52 in offensive PPA per drive. Um, number 61 in explosive plays on offense. Okay. Turnover margin was number nine. That's awesome. Like, this team is is okay. Uh, the defense, however, not great. They were pretty good at stopping the run. Uh, that's going to be you know, a bit of an issue without defensive end Jack McCrory, but uh, either way, we'll see what happens. Um, they got four starter, uh, four starters back on the offensive line, along with almost all of their 22 skill position players. Uh, you know, they got guys like the the running back Bangura and the wide receiver uh, Wigglas. I hope I say these names. I know they're not right. But you guys are Ohio fans. You can correct me. Uh, the running back Oshawn Allison is back after missing all of 22 with a shoulder injury. At the offense, you know, helped them basically win seven of their last eight last year. Uh, Rourke coming back could help them win the MAC. Now we got to make sure that he's going to be 100% healthy uh, since he got hurt towards the end of November. But I expect that that's going to be, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine. There's a lot of advancements, right? Um, so that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. Moving on to the defense. This is the one thing that you don't really want to look at. They did improve. They only allowed five yards per play over the last six games, but they got to replace six players with 300-plus snaps of experience. Uh, you know, defensive tackle Kai Caesar, that he's gone. That's going to hurt, especially with that run defense that was, you know, pretty good. It's what propped up that defense last year. They lost four of their top seven tacklers, four of their six players that had an interception, along with 47% of their uh, sack production. Like, the question is, can they replace that? I I wouldn't bet on it, but obviously we'll see. Uh, they've got a transfer safety coming in, Walter Reynolds. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, Rourke, uh, the running back, the wide receiver, defensive end, uh, Vonnie Watkins is coming back, linebacker Bryce Houston, 
uh, along with the running back, O'Shawn Allison, et cetera, all coming back this year. So let's look at the keys to the season. Uh, the offense has got to keep Rourke healthy. They got to keep him healthy. If they do, there's a chance the offense could be even better uh, for a shot at, you know, a second straight division title. Uh, the defense has got to stop the run. You know, the team was one and four when they allowed over five yards per carry. They were nine and zero oh when uh, when under five yards per carry. Uh, the schedule is full of bad defenses. I mean, their 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 average strength of schedule, just based on you know all of the different ratings that are out right now, is number one twenty nine. Like out of 133 teams, they've got the 129th, uh, or I guess the fourth easiest schedule in the country. So that's definitely good. Uh, it, the schedule sets up incredibly well. I know I talked highly of, of Miami, Ohio, but uh, but I've got this team winning the MAC East. Uh, I know I said that with Miami, Ohio. I did not realize what my conference schedules were here or what my conference records were on this. But uh, but yeah, I've got. I've got eight and four. Uh, I think, you know, start off with three losses in the first four games. You got Iowa State at Florida Atlantic at San Diego State. think you lose all of those, but uh, the only conference loss I've got on here is Buffalo. You know, they avoid Toledo. Uh, you got at Bowling Green, definitely winnable. Kent State, of course, at Northern Illinois, Western Michigan, Miami, Ohio, uh, and that one's at home. Y you know, at Buffalo, Central Michigan, and at Akron. I think Ohio is set up this year, especially with that offense, to score a lot of points. Uh, you know, eight and four looks reasonable. I think the ceiling is probably nine and three. Uh, maybe you get one of those non-conference games, which I still think you lose a MAC game somewhere because there's always something crazy, uh, especially when you get into November, right? So that's uh, that's my guess. Uh, the floor I think for this team is probably six and six, still making a bowl game, et cetera. Uh, the win total sits at seven. They are plus 270 to win the conference. So they are way up there. I think number two behind Toledo. Uh, I, I would I would go over. I would lay the juice at minus 120 over at BetUS, of course, where the game begins. Um, yeah, win total sits at seven, over, under, uh, minus 120 to the over, minus 110 to the under. I like them going over. I know the projected record says 6.67. I, I just think uh, Tim Albin has this thing rolling, and so long as... So long as Curtis Rourke stays healthy, this is the team to beat in the MAC East. Heading over to the MAC West, we start off with the Ball State Cardinals. Mike New, really in need of a good season. That 2020 season is only going to get you so far. Last year, lost their last regular season game. They kept them out of a bowl game, and now, of course, they lose star running back Carson uh, Carson Steele. Excuse me, not strong Carson Steele. Uh, and they lose their quarterback. Let's go and pull up all the information on your screen. Five and seven last year. They went six and six against the spread. Uh, but their postgame win expectancy was even worse than that. 4.23 and 7.77. Uh, definitely not great. Uh, three and five in the conference. Their projected record this year is 5.37 and 6.63. Returning production, they're number 79 in the country. It's number 12 in the conference. Uh, in adjusted returning production, over 59% of their production is coming back. Uh, it's number nine, 97 on offense and number 55 on defense. Numbers last year were not great. They were great at not allowing big plays on defense, uh, but they weren't great at generating big plays on offense. Number 120 in offensive explosiveness, but number 14 in defensive explosiveness. But they weren't consistent. 
anywhere else. Number 108 PPA per drive on offense, number 59 PPA per drive on defense. So at least they were better on defense. That's how they got to seven wins. Uh, let's start off with the losses. Of course, I told you quarterback paddock, uh, the running back steel, the wide receivers, Jackson and Tyler, uh, starting off on offense here, you know, the quarterback that's coming in the transfer quarterback lane Hatcher comes in from Texas state. Uh, he had, you know, 2,600 plus yards, 62% completions. He had 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions at Texas state. Uh, I would imagine that this is going to be a bit of an improvement. The offensive line looks better. Tight ends are strong. That's, that's good. Uh, but as I mentioned, you know, number 120 in explosivity, number 108 PPA per drive last year was putrid. Uh, the fact that they were number 94 in rushing success rate, even though they had Carson Steele on the roster, is kind of nuts. Kind of nuts. Uh, they brought in the running back Marquez Cooper from Kent State. That'll add a little bit of speed. It's a different kind of back than what Steele was. Uh, so we'll see if, you know, Cooper and Hatcher coming in together can kind of reshape this offense for Mike New and Bunch and those offense coordinators, Jared Elliott and Kevin Lynch. Moving over to the defense, they leaned on it last year, uh, especially, you know, limiting big plays. Uh, the front seven returns a lot, including, you know, a strong linebacking core. Secondary is going to rely on trans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, but at the end of the day, the rushing defense, you know, number 84 in rushing success rate allowed, and the pass rush uh, is going to need to improve. Over 90% of their sack production returns, but they only had 25 sacks in 2022. Uh, the key players this year, we'll go on and pull me off the screen here. The key players, Lane Hatcher, of course, and Marquez Cooper, both transfers coming in. The tight ends, Hunt and Cole. You got wide receiver Nick Presley coming in or staying in, I guess, linebacker Cole Pierce, defensive lineman Tavian Woodard. They were number 73 in luck rank last year. Uh, something to pay attention to. They weren't great. They were number 110 in turnover margin. And then, of course, uh, you know, you deal with some injuries here and there throughout the season. That's what that luck rank is based on. Or the luck uh, rating, I guess, is based on. They are projected favorites in five games this year. Their win total sits at four and a half. Um, I... I seem to believe, or I tend to believe, that they are going to be a little bit better than they were last season. Uh, New needs a bowl game badly. He lost four out of five last year uh, to end that season and miss a bowl game. You need the offense to improve not only explosivity, not only the big plays, but also overall consistency. Um, I think they still probably need some help in the trenches. Uh, I think they've probably got enough, especially with the schedule. Uh, the most, I guess the most important 
part of their schedule is weeks 8 through 12. You got Central Michigan, a bye week, at Bowling Green, at Northern Illinois, Kent State. Uh, in those, I mean, all four of those are winnable. If you go 3-1, and one, you might be able to make a bowl game. Um, it doesn't do you any favors that you've got Western Michigan on the road, that you've got Bowling Green on the road, and Northern Illinois. Uh, that leaves you with home games against Miami, Ohio, Central Michigan, and um, and Toledo, right? Th- those are not good. Those are those are not what you want. Um, you you might want to get your wins against Indiana State and Western Michigan to to start off kind of early. You know, two of the the first five games. You're not going to beat Kentucky. You're not going to beat Georgia. You're probably not going to beat Georgia Southern. I would imagine. I mean, obviously, we'll see. Um, my record here is six and six. I think I think they make a bowl game. Uh, again, the over under is four and a half. To win the conference is plus three thousand. Um, you know, okay, I guess. Like, I guess, I guess that's all right. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the conference by any stretch of the imagination. But Hatcher can can fling the ball, man. He can he can fling the ball around. The schedule is pretty difficult. Uh, it's number sixty two if you average out the strength of schedules from ESPN, Kelly Ford, uh, etc. Right, bunch of bunch of different options there that I averaged out. And number sixty two is, I mean, that's difficult. They got a difficult schedule here. Uh, the ceiling, I think, for this team is seven and five. I think the floor is probably three and nine. If you get to three and nine, I would imagine New is probably looking for a new job. Just a guess. Just a guess on that. Uh, I like Ball State. I like what he was doing in 2020. I mean, that was a fun team to watch, but they have not been able to recapture that COVID season's magic. Uh, it's a team very similar to Indiana in that respect. We'll see what they do. I mean, obviously, bringing in new quarterback, new running back, you know, a, a new influx of talent that is experienced could help, but how much? How much? Uh, I've got them projected favorites in five games, uh, eight toss-ups. So you got to win some of those games that are toss-ups, and uh, and they could be going bowling again this season. The Central Michigan Chippewas, and still coached by Jim McElwain. Of course, there were rumors last season that he could be retiring at the end of last year, but it never happened. He still seems to be doing his thing. Uh, offensive coordinator Paul Petrino, uh, you know, the defensive coordinator Rob Akey, uh, this team lost a lot last year. We'll we'll say, especially off of the offense. Daniel Richardson now down at FAU. Hey, you know, let's go and pull it up on the screen. Let's show you what we're looking at. They went four and eight last year. Uh, after you know winning the Sun Bowl against Washington State, they had a massive year. They brought back the running back Lou Nichols and the quarterback Daniel Richardson last year. They expected big things. The issue was the offensive line was not good after they lost some NFL guys. So, you know, we'll see uh, what that means. But, whew, uh, now they're losing those, you know, the star players. And uh, and I guess they're keeping some offensive linemen. So let, let's look through it. Losses, uh, they went 4-8 and eight last year, as I said. Post-game win expectancy was 4.85 and 7.15. So they had one toss-up in there that they ended up losing. Uh, it, it just, it was not a good year overall. They're number 89 in returning production. But that is because they are number 122 in offensive adjusted returning production. They're only bringing back about 39% of their offensive production. They, uh, they're number 19 in returning adjusted defensive production. They're bringing back over 74% of their defense. So the defense that was pretty decent last year, number 65 in PPA per drive, 
number 40 in rushing success rate allowed, uh, you know, that's a, a definitely a good building block, right? So, uh, you know, they, they got a star quarterback that isn't really known for throwing the ball much. Bert Emanuel uh, had a, a big, you know, end of the season, but he only threw the ball eight times. Now, part of that had to do with weather, et cetera, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Let's let's look at this. Uh, we'll start off with who they're losing. Richardson, the quarterback, of course, uh, Lou Nichols, the third, the running back. They lost six of their top seven receivers, and they lose three of their top four defensive linemen. That's not good, right? That's that's definitely not good. You want your defensive line in there. Uh, again, rushing success rate on, allowed on defense for them last year was number 40. They weren't great at stopping the pass, but they were okay. Number 74 there. Uh, number 77 in defensive explosivity allowed. We'll start off with the offense. Paul Petrino as offensive coordinator. He came in last season, uh, struggled a bit. Uh, Richardson wasn't good. Part of that was probably because of the offensive line. Lou Nichols dealt with some injuries. The offensive line and the wide receivers didn't really perform. You know, there was just some, some things. Right, So the quarterback, Burt Emanuel Jr., he surprised towards the end of the year. He had seven rushing touchdowns in the last three games, but he was only four of eight passing for 54 yards in, in three games. He threw the ball eight times in three games. Uh, they went one and two. Like, can can they win using that kind of scheme? I, I'm i real curious. I'm real, I, I, I will withhold judgment, right? Um, the defense. Defense was young last year. But they're number 19 in returning production this year. The issue is uh, they have brought in zero transfers on defense, but they lose three of their top four defensive linemen. Uh, defense was good at stopping the run, as I brought up. That's an issue. Uh, they only forced 10 turnovers last year. They were number 130 in turnover margin. That's an issue. They need uh, defensive playmakers to step up. The youth has got to take the next step. They got to be better than they were last year, for sure. The key players this year... Uh, at least that I have put down, uh, Bertie Manuel Jr., obviously uh, the linebacker, Kyle Moretti, defensive back, Trey Jones. You got running back, Marion Lukes, who's going to step up for uh, Lou Nichols and the wide receiver, Jalen McGowie. Um, let's look, last year, their luck rank, which is based on injuries, based on turnover luck, but, you know, just the bounce of the ball, was number 126 last year uh, from the guys over at teamrankings.com. That's not great. Uh, they are projected favorites in five games. They've got seven games that are toss-ups. Strength of schedule is pretty difficult. Some of that has to do with the fact that they're playing at Michigan State, at Notre Dame, and at South Alabama. You know, and then on top of that, you've got at Ohio, you've got at Ball State, and you play at Buffalo. Those are incredibly difficult road games. So those are not going to be easy either. They underperformed last season. Let's uh, let's take me off the screen here uh, so that, you know, you can see what we're looking at. But they underperformed last year. They have the talent to make a massive improvement for sure. Uh, I don't know if McElwain's going to retire. I don't know. They, there were so many things, you know, health issues, whatever else. Like, But he's, he's still doing it. You got to give time or you got to give the new receivers and defensive line time to step up, I think. The offense needs consistency. We got to figure out if Emmanuel can throw the ball, right? The win total sits at five and a half. I lean to the over. Uh, the projected record is 5.23 and 6.77 based on win probabilities. But I'm going to go over. I, I trust Jim McElwain's coaching in some of these close matchups 
I, I think they've got a good shot to make it to another bowl game, right? To win the conference, they're plus 2,200. Uh, to go over the five and a half, it's actually juiced to the under. To go over is minus 110. To go under is minus 120. Of course, the latest odds at BetUS. Uh, I think they're going to go six and six. Now, the ceiling on this team, probably eight and four based on the talent. The floor might be four and eight. Might be time for Jim McElwain to look for another gig. I mean, who knows? But we shall see. We shall see. I like I like Central Michigan. I liked what McElwain was building there. You can't have years like you did last year. Right? And I think any Central Michigan fan would tell you that uh, you had built up something really, really good, and you returned your star running back and your star quarterback. You should have done better than 4-8 and eight last year, no matter what was going on with the defense. So we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, I've got Central Michigan 6-6. Six and six. Eastern Michigan, the Eagles and Chris Creighton, of course, last year, a monster year. And I was of little faith. I thought after they lost quarterback Ben Bryant, eh, might be a little downturn a little bit, but turns out quarterback is not everything. Let's pull it up on the screen. Let's take a look at what they got for this season. Uh, you want to talk about culture building. Chris Grayton has done some incredible things here. The fact that he is still here. I think he's been there since 2016. You feel? I feel like I probably should have looked this up beforehand, but he's been there for quite some time, and this was a perennially awful, awful football program, and they're not, they're not bad. They're not bad at all. Uh, they lose quarterback Taylor Powell. They lose wide receiver Dylan Drummond. They lose four of their top five wide receivers. Their right tackle, uh, right, tackle right guard, and their center are gone. Four of five tackles for loss leaders are all gone as well. This team, again, 9-4 and four last year. They went 5-3 and three in the conference. Their postgame win expectancy was 7.16 and 4.84. So they should have been about 7-5, and five, ended up 8-4 and four in the regular season, won their bowl game. Uh, big step up. I mean, nine wins, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. Uh, their offense was good, and most of it was done on the ground. They were not super explosive. Number 118 in offensive explosiveness last year. Uh you know, let's take a let's keep looking at this. Let's keep looking at this. Number 42 in offensive PPA per drive. Their defense was not great. Number 93 PPA per drive allowed. And their rush defense wasn't good. Number 94 in defensive rushing success. So I, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, of those numbers, but they didn't give up big plays. Uh they didn't create them either, but they were pretty consistent on offense. That's a good thing. Uh turnover margin was number 63. So, not great, uh, but it was good enough to get to nine wins last year. Of course, a big win at Arizona State in the non-conference slate last year. Let's talk about the offense. Uh, Chris Creighton's been good with the offense basically ever since he got there. Uh, the question here, is Austin Smith ready to lead? Right, 57% completions at six and a half yards per attempt last year. Had six touchdowns, four interceptions a year ago. But, again... I brought it up. They need a new right tackle, right guard, and center to step up for the run game to keep up at the pace that they were last year, number 30 in rushing success rate. They only had five players with more than 15 catches. Four of them are gone. Uh, Creighton's offense has been the most important factor. They're going to lean on the running game again. Uh, we'll we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, Samson Evans is back, so that's, uh, that's a big thing. Um, you know, transfer wide receiver comes in, Javon Swinton. 
I think he's going to he's gonna make uh, some way. Tanner New is a key player, the wide receiver there. Uh, on defense, they lose Chase Klein, defensive back TJ Peavy, defensive back Kempton Shine. Uh, it, their offense returning production is not great. Number 118 in the country, uh, only 40, about 42% adjusted returning production uh, from last year. They're number 112 overall. Their defense, number 74. Uh, the defense was not great, but, you know, you got a little more experience coming back, maybe, uh, you know, right, just under 60%. They're losing three of their top four defensive linemen, four of their top five tackles for loss leaders, and six of the 11 guys that got an interception last year. And they didn't bring in any transfers on the defensive side. Now, that may have changed since I started working on my notes. But either way, the secondary was young. They'll be experienced this year. They're good at getting pressure, or at least they were last year. Uh, the losses are, are going to hurt, right? There's still some promising pieces back this year. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, I talked about the the key players for this season. Uh, the luck rank. They were number five in luck last year. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Luck includes uh, turnover luck and injury luck and when the ball bounces your way, missed field goals for the other team. All these kind of things are tossed into a metric over at teamrankings.com, but they were number five in that regard last year. The schedule this year, number 125 in the country on average based on you know ESPN, Kelly Ford, et cetera. Uh, you know, I... I like the schedule. I like the culture. Uh, there's not necessarily the pieces here or the returning production that would make you think that this team uh, is going to be close to what they were last year. But, again, it's culture building. Let's look at the keys to the season. They had their best recruiting class in school history, so all that work is leading to positive results. Uh, they've only had one non-bowl season since 2016. It, they've got a totally... Reasonable schedule. It, it, by the way, the non-bowl season, let's we'll toss out 2020. They've only had one season where they didn't reach six wins. Uh, they've got a reasonable schedule. Three winnable non-conference games. They got Howard, UMass, at Jacksonville State. They also play at Minnesota. That's your pay game. Uh, you know, the adjusted returning production is not great. Number 112, as I mentioned. They went 5-1 and one in one-score games, but... Their losses were by an average of 20 points. They got blitzed in their losses, but they didn't have many of them. And so win total sits at six and a half. The over is juiced at minus 160. I'm still going to go with it. I've got them at seven and five. The losses, I've got Minnesota at Central Michigan, at Northern Illinois, at Toledo, at Buffalo. So, you know, the majority of the road games. Those are pretty tough road games. Uh, could they beat Northern Illinois? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, could they lose to, you know, Ball State, Akron, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I like this team. Um, you know, stealing on this team, I think, is nine and three. I think uh, the floor is probably five and seven. Again, when you've got a really good culture built up, you're going to win. Your your guys know how to win. They understand it. They expect it. They expect to win. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I like Chris Creighton. You guys know this. You've seen me talk about him a lot. Uh, I like Chris Creighton. So I, I'm a fan of Eastern Michigan. I think I think seven wins, totally attainable. I would go with the over here. Northern Illinois. Coach Thomas Hammock. I have been so wrong on this team for the last two years. Right? 2020, they go 0-6. Uh, I, we head into the 2021 20, season. I talk about the fact that that could be 
you know, hammocks last year. Rocky Lombardi comes in. He saves the day. Lombardi gets hurt last year. They go three and nine. Uh, I have not been able to figure this team out. But alas, we'll pull it up on the screen. We'll talk about what my projections are for this season. And uh, and then we'll go from there. Um, whew, this is this is a tough one to figure out. Returning production is number 33 in the country. Again, they went three and nine last year, four and eight against the spread. They were two and six in the MAC. And a lot of that had to do with just the fact that just quarterback injuries all over the place. It was just, it was a mess, right? They couldn't figure out what they were on offense without Lombardi. Um, not great. Not great. Uh, they lose, you know, the two running backs, uh, Creedle and Whaley. They lose wide receiver Cole Tucker. They lose on defense uh, Michael Kennedy and Deverin Rayner, uh, the defense or the linebacker there. Uh, their postgame win expectancy last year was actually closer to six and six than it was three and nine. They just they didn't have very good luck at all last year. Five point six six and six point three four was their postgame win expectancy last year. Um, you know, but they went three and nine. So it is what it is. Uh, their projected record this year, very similar to that from last year, 5.57 and 6.43. Again, number 33 in returning production. Uh, that's number five in the conference. They are a little over 69% in adjusted returning production, 35 on offense that bringing back over 72% and on defense, number 57, bringing back over 66%. Uh, you look at what they did last year. Couldn't run the football, number 101 in rushing success, uh, number 90 in passing success. They were number 67 in offensive explosivity, uh, but they couldn't stop big plays. They couldn't stop uh, people passing the ball. Number 117 in defensive pass success allowed. Uh, let's start off with the offense here. Uh, Rocky Lombardi is back. That's good. But they lose three of their top four running backs, four of the top receivers. Uh, it's three wide receivers and a tight end that they lose. The, the positive, though? The entire starting offensive line returns. So maybe that rushing success rate returns. 2021, they needed a good running game, and basically all those guys have transferred out. I don't know what that necessarily means, but either way. Another big thing for this year, the wide receiver Trayvon Rudolph is back. He missed 2022, but the question is, is he the same player before he hurt his knee? Because he he relied on making guys miss, using that speed, uh, Rudolph was awesome as a kick returner, et cetera. So I'm I'm interested to see what this team's going to look like. Uh, let's move over to the defense. They averaged giving up 37.2 points per game in losses. They were super inexperienced. They got good returning production numbers, but they do lack difference makers this year. That's going to be a big issue. They're losing three of their top five leading tacklers, uh, three of the top four sack leaders, two of their top three cornerbacks. They were good against the run, you know, I guess. Number 60 is like right in the middle of the pack. Um, and number 60 in defensive rushing success allowed anyway. Uh, but they need more improvement in the secondary. You know, they weren't great at it last year. Now you're losing two of your top three cornerbacks. You know, if you had brought those guys back, like if your guys are garbage, if they come back, does that make them better garbage? And that that's, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I mean, you guys get the idea. Uh, so maybe it's a good thing that they've got new guys in there. We'll see. We'll see. Key players this year, Rocky Lombardi, Trayvon Rudolph, running back Ontario Brown, safety C.J. Brown, linebacker Jaden Dolphin. Those are the names you can expect to hear the most. Um, they were number 131 in luck rating last year. So that's not good. Their projected favorites in five games this year, they got eight toss-ups. And toss-up games, again, are um, games that I project to be within one score. 
right? So anything that's like seven and a half, eight points or less, uh, either direction, favorite or underdog, those are toss-ups. So they got a lot of them on the schedule this year. They start out at Boston College. You got Southern Illinois at home, so that's a win. At Nebraska and then Tulsa in your non-conference. Eh, okay. Like it, it, that's not great. Uh, but I mean, if you come out and and you're a well old machine with Rocky Lombardi back there and things are looking good, then maybe, maybe good things are are coming. Um let, let's talk about and so the win total is six and a half. To go over is plus one fifteen, to go under is minus one forty five. This team obviously has some talent here. Uh, but it's juiced heavily to the under, and I think that's I think that's just at this point. Uh, keys to the season. We'll take me off the screen so you can read it here. Consistency: nine and five in 2021, followed by three and nine last season. But the positive: they went two and one in games where you know Lombardi played the full game. They need the injury luck to favor them this year. Like quarterback was just a revolving door last year. The transfer portal has hurt them because. Every time they build up somebody, they just seem to to leave again. Look, I mentioned this at the start. Northern Illinois fans ate me alive in 2021 for saying that they didn't have a good coach. But Thomas Hammock is now in his fifth season, and 2021 appears to be the outlier. He needs a good year. He needs a really good year. They've got talent. I'm projecting them to go five and seven. But, again... The ceiling here is eight and four. I think the floor is probably another three and nine year. You're going to be able to get a couple of wins in conference somewhere, right? You got Kent State on the schedule. You got Western Michigan. Uh, the rest of the schedule is pretty tough, right? Ball State, Central Michigan, uh, Eastern Michigan, Ohio, Akron, Toledo. Like those are all difficult games, uh, especially now. Akron used to be, you know, easy. And now you got to go on the road with Joe Moorhead in his second season with a ton of returning production there. That's going to be a tough game. You know, I think they're going to pick up some steam, especially towards the end of the season. Um, but that's a rough stretch to start off with. At Boston College, then you got Southern Illinois. That one's going to be your win. At Nebraska, Tulsa, at Toledo, at Akron, and then Ohio. I mean, give me a break. That is tough. Very, very difficult. Um, so I've got them winning four of the last five. I don't think it's enough to get to a bowl game this year. Again, ceiling is eight and four. Um yeah, ceiling eight and four, floor three and nine. I expect somewhere in between. I, I, I'm thinking five and seven and miss a bowl game. And we'll see what, you know, the Husky administration decides to do with Hammock if he misses another bowl game because uh, they expect to win. And and I think Northern Illinois should expect to win. They put a lot into that athletic department. We'll see. We'll see what they end up coming up with. Jason Candle and the Toledo Rockets. They went nine and five last year. They won the MAC. What a weird, weird year. Because obviously, if you're a Toledo fan, you are excited that you actually won the conference last year, that you won the bowl game, even though you did not perform up to expectations in it. Uh, let's pull it up on the screen. Let's let's take a look at the numbers. Post-game win expectancy last year, 9.69, 3.31. And yet, they went 7-5 and five in the regular season. This team consistently plays to the level of the competition, I guess. They play below expectations all the time. This this team went 7-5, and five and they were ever so close to beating Notre Dame, right? This is... I, I look at this team, and I just... Sometimes I cannot figure them out. Um, let's talk about the losses. 
Uh, well, let, let's talk about this first. Number seven in the country in returning production. Uh, excuse me, adjusted returning produ uh, production. I'm going to be able to speak here pretty soon. <laughs> I can I can promise you. Uh, over 77% adjusted returning production. That's number one in the conference. Number seven on offense. Number 27 on defense. They're bringing back almost 83% of their production on offense. So that is good, I think, especially considering they weren't great on offense last year. The defense has been awesome under Vince Karras. Uh, again, post-game win expectancy, they should have been closer to 10 wins last year. Uh, just, bleh, right? Their projected record this year, uh, based on win probability, et cetera, is 8.33 and 3.67. And yet, their win total is set at 9.5. But if you look at the schedule, I mean, they got like, they're tied for the fourth easiest schedule in the country this year. They're number 129, average strength of schedule. Uh, they play at Illinois. That one's going to be tough, right? Because I don't feel like they've got a ton on uh, the offensive line or on the defensive line. They just they don't have a bunch in the trenches. Uh, as far as the players that they lost, uh, they lose tight end Jamal Turner, left tackle Calvin Aitman, Kelvin Aitman, excuse me, uh, linebacker Deontay Johnson, and defensive tackle Deswan Johnson. Those are the the four big ones that I think they're going to miss. Um, we'll start off with. You know what they did, they were number 28 in PPA margin last year, and a lot of that had to do with the defense because they were number 73 in offensive PPA per drive, uh, but they were number eight in defensive PPA per drive allowed, number nine in rushing success rate allowed, number five in passing success rate allowed, but they were number 85 in explosive plays allowed, right? Or explosive rate. Uh, you know, they, they were somewhat explosive on offense, especially with Daquan Finn uh, at quarterback, number 48. There, but they were number seventy-five in rushing success rate, number eighty-five in passing success rate. Mm, not, not great, not great. They were number one fifteen in turnover margin. That was the biggest thing. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, starting off on offense, the offensive line returns eighty-seven percent of their snaps. Like that should help the running game quite a bit. It's going to give Finn a little more protection, I think. Uh, he's back from injury, along with the backup Gleason. This offense just has to improve. They've got the pieces. They've got the most talent in the entire conference. I mean, just insane. Uh, on defense, secondary was one of the best in the G5. Uh, the front seven has got some holes to fill, though. Mostly at linebacker, they're losing three of their top five linebackers and their top defensive tackle. Uh, they're losing four of their top five tackles for loss and sack getters, right? They lost 50% plus of their quarterback pressures. But again, I trust their defensive coordinator. Like, I'm surprised that nobody has hired him away yet. Uh, he is fantastic at scheming. Uh, this defense does have a ton of talent. I think they're still going to be really, really good again this year. Uh, the key players, of course, the quarterback, Finn. Uh, the cornerback, Quinion Mitchell. He had five interceptions last year. The linebacker, Dallas Gant. The running back, Jacquez Stewart. And uh, the wide receiver, Jawan Newton. Their luck rank last year was number 80. A lot of that had to do with turnover margin. Again, luck rank uh, has to do with injury luck, turnover luck. You know, it missed field goals by the opposing team, whatever, da da da. da. Um, the projected favorites in 11 games this year. You look at the schedule, like they could easily win all of them. Uh, odds are they're probably going to lose one. So I, you know, let, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the, um, they've got four toss ups that I can see, right? Four toss-ups. Uh, I think they're like double-digit underdogs to Illinois. But either way, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, I look at this team with a win total of nine and a half. 
And I think about what has Jason Candle shown me to make me think that he could win 10 regular season games. And I haven't seen it from him yet because they continue to play down to the opposition, right? Let's take me off the screen. Let's look at the keys to the season. Uh, First key, has Candle finally figured out how to win games he's not supposed to? Or excuse me, has he finally figured out how to win games he is supposed to? Five and eight against the spread as a favorite in 2022. Uh, They lost six times as a touchdown or more favorite in the last two seasons. The schedule sets up nicely. Again, I told you, fourth easiest in the country. Even if they lose to Illinois, you got three winnable non-conference games. And then the road schedule isn't too bad. At Bowling Green, at Central Michigan, at Miami, Ohio, at Ball State. That's not crazy. Uh, you got to fix the turnover margin. They were, they were minus two or worse in all five of their losses last year. I mean, minus two or worse. Just bananas. Uh, I've got them going nine and three, so that's the under. There's a reason that the under is juiced at minus 140. Um, I, think they, I think they win nine games in the regular season. I don't think they get to that 10th one, uh, but it's not outside of the realm of possibilities. They're plus 170 to win the conference. The fact that they got a plus is a little crazy, but we understand how the Mac works. Uh, I like this team. You know, I've got them nine and three. I've got them under at minus 140 over at BetUS. Uh, the ceiling on this team, 11 and one. I think the floor is probably what it was last year, seven and five, right? You just got so much more talent, so many built in advantages at Toledo. It's got to be driving them insane. The the fact that he's been up for offensive coordinator positions the last two seasons at bigger P5 jobs, the guy's done nothing to get fired, per se. He's won the conference a couple of times, et cetera. It's just the, the expectations here are so much higher because of what they put into this program. I'm going to be curious to see if if they pull out like a 6-6 six and six or something like that. Is it time? Is it time? Does he move on somewhere else? Uh, does he think he can't get it done here for some reason? I'm just so interested. But I've, I've got him going 9-3. and three. I think that's going to be a pretty good year for uh, the Toledo Rockets. All right, last but certainly not least, Western Michigan, the Broncos. Bring in a new head coach, Lance Taylor, of course, was running back's coach at Louisville, at Notre Dame, et cetera. He has not been a play caller. I don't feel like... Uh, like our last coach, Tim Lester, left him with a whole lot in the cupboard here. Uh, number 110 in returning production. Here, you will, we'll pull it up on the screen. Number 110 in adjusted returning production, just over 51%. That's number 10 in the conference. Uh, the offense has got some pieces. That's good, partially because they bring in uh, Hayden Wolf, the quarterback from Old Dominion. Um, you know, a big-time transfer there. He, he did some big things at Old Dominion. Uh, defense, however... I mean, just over 31% adjusted returning production, number 132 in the country. That's that's out of 133, right? So they're next to last. Defense was okay last year. It's what they leaned on for most of the season. That's how they got to 5-7. and seven. By the way, their post-game win expectancy last year was 4.3 and 7.7. So probably should have been 4-8, and eight, but they got to 5-7. and seven. I like Tim Lester as a coach. I thought he was good. I thought he was I was kind of surprised that they got rid of him, but... Alas, it is what it is. Uh, losses on the team. Key losses. Running back Sean Tyler, the wide receiver Corey Crooms, left tackle Dylan Deatherich. Uh On defense, you know, they lost nine. Well, we'll, 
let's try and organize this, right? I've been pretty good about this through this uh, Mac preview. Let's talk about this. Um, we'll start on offense, okay? Number 121 PPA per drive, number 129 rushing success rate, number 122 passing success rate, but they were able to generate some explosive plays. Number 39 in explosive play rate. So that's good. Uh, however, you got Hayden Wolf coming in. I think that's going to help with the consistency, but losing, of course, the running back Tyler, the wide receiver Crooms, that's going to hurt. The offensive line does return four starters, then they bring back 78% of their total snaps. The new OC, Billy Koch, or Kosh, whatever it is, uh, he was the OC at Richmond. They were number 25 in total offense in 2022 at Richmond, but number 44 in yards per play. Not explosive, but they were efficient. Is that going to work at Western Michigan? Now we'll move on to the defense. Lou Esposito stays right there. Um, they were number 67 PPA per drive allowed last year. Not great at stopping the run. Not great at, you know, pass success allowed. They're number 70 there, number 101 as far as rushing. Uh, but they were they were number 43 in stopping explosive plays. So that's good. The issue, of course, they lose 9 of 12 players that had 100, or excuse me, 250 plus snaps. The defense was the only strong suit last year. Uh, you're losing your top seven tacklers, nine of the top 11, transferring in multiple Big Ten backups for defense, so that certainly helps out the talent. But is it going to be enough here? I'm not I'm not certain. They were number 36 in turnover margin and still couldn't make a bowl game. Number 51 in luck rank. Um, you know, again, injury luck, turnover luck, et cetera. There are projected favorites this year in three games. Um before we get to the keys of the season, look, win total is sitting at three and a half. To go over is minus 130. It's even money to go under. So, the schedule, let's look at the keys. I'm going to take myself off the screen. Keys to the season, the schedule does no favors, right? Uh, their average strength of schedule is number 92 in the country, which is pretty difficult for a Mac school. Um uh, you start out with St. Francis, that one should be a win, but then you roll at Syracuse, at Iowa, at Toledo, Ball State, at Mississippi State, Miami, Ohio, at Ohio, at Eastern Michigan. Where are the wins coming from? I mean, this is this is a completely ridiculous schedule. Uh, the conference odds, they're plus 4,500 to win the conference. Um, I, you know, it's, it's almost impossible for them to be able to get momentum with the schedule. Uh, I think there's going to be a learning curve for Lance Taylor. He he hasn't actually called plays. He's been a running backs coach. Uh, maybe it helps that you that you've got guys in that know what they're doing on both sides of the ball. So maybe Taylor's just a just a CEO, uh, and that can work, right? But who the offense just a massively drastic drop from 2021 to 2022. You know, and you've got some returning production. I think it's good that you're bringing in Wolf, but they went from number 13 in SP Plus offensive rating in 2021 to number 127 last year. That was fourth from the bottom. Like, to win the MAC, your offense has to click. It's got to click in this league. Um, I look at the schedule. I've got them going 2-10, and 10, and I know that that's brutal, but who? I think the ceiling on this, this is somewhat of a year zero for them, right? Um, I mean, losing all those players on defense, that's definitely not good. Their projected record, by the way, um, based on win probabilities, 
is 4.24 and 7.76. So that gives them a better shot than I do. But I look at the schedule and I'm just, I'm higher on a lot of these teams. I got them going two and 10. I think the ceiling is four and eight. Uh, I think the floor is probably one and 11. I think you can get that win against St. Francis in the first game. Everybody will be excited. After that, whew, it is just banger after banger after banger. So this one's going to be tough. Um, it's tough. Western Michigan, that's that's rough. That is that's brutal. That is brutal. So that's going to wrap up our MAC preview. Uh, I expect Toledo to win the conference again. I think they're going to play Ohio again in the MAC title game. Very rarely do we have uh, returning, I guess, repeat uh, title game contenders. Right? You typically don't see the same team in there two years in a row uh, because the MAC is just—it's so crazy, right? Uh, but I, looking at these teams this year, that's what I'm expecting. Uh, we don't get Ohio and Toledo in the regular season. So I would expect that um, that we see them in the title game. I think Toledo is going to win the conference. Uh, not great odds at plus 170. Uh, but, you know, there are, there are ways to make some money with these over-unders here. All right, that is going to wrap it up for Winning Cures Everything for today. Again, thanks to BetUS, where the game begins. Make sure you get signed up over there. Of course, uh, there's a link in the description. Go sign up for that. And along with that, uh, go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. Make sure you are subscribed, like the video, all that all that crazy stuff. Uh, we've got more previews coming all summer long. Make sure that you are subscribed to the channel. And uh, make sure that you subscribe over at the BetUS College Football Show on YouTube. There's a link in the description for that one as well. Uh, we're going to be back June 21st, going over early game previews. We're talking season, week one. Well, week zero, week one, week two, week three, et cetera. So make sure you get signed up over there or subscribed over there, whatever the word is. All right, I think that's going to wrap it up. You guys have been fantastic. Fantastic. Again, like, subscribe, share it out, tell your friends, all that good stuff. With that said, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Of course, God bless college football. And hopefully, all of your betting tickets cash this week. Thanks for listening to Winning Cures Everything. Make sure and follow me on Twitter, at GaryWCE. If you want to toss in a question, you can email me, Gary, at winningcureseverything.com. Make sure and hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.